Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Good afternoon, a warm welcome to you. We are live here at Brangaroo Studios. This is The Call, 10 stocks picked by you, two expert guests, one hour. All right, uh, we've got two great guests here for you today, both in studio. What a treat. Nathan Somersandaram from Deep Data Analytics. Hello, Nathan. And Philip Pepe from Sean Partners. Nice to see you. So, guys, um, look, before we run through our stock list, before we get to the stock of the day, just want to get a thought. So we had the local market down by 1.2% last week, came out of the gates hot today. What do you make of sort of general market sentiment right now? Uh, look, I think it's killing brokers and fund managers at the moment. It's volatile, not going anywhere. I mean, our market is pretty much flat for 18 months. Um, you get this first week of the month, you get a lot of macro. So you've got rates going up with central banks, you've got the non-farm payroll, which was hard, but you get the inflows coming in at the start of the month globally. So that tends to hold up the market. Market tends to react to the fundamentals probably in the second week, which is what we're getting to. Um, but the market has surprise people on both sides and it's it's tough out there you really have to have a medium to long-term view and and then hold on to it because volatility is going to be uh, i don't think it's going to settle down i think it's going to be even bigger into the back half of this year okay uh does that jive with what you're thinking philip medium to long term what does that mean these days <laughs> what's the analogy investing used to be a test match then it became a one-day match now it's a 2020 what's, what's it's, medium it's, to long it's a term? day it's a day trading it's, it's interesting with the most recent aussie bank results and the most recent u.s quality reporting we're all bracing for some negative data to come through but the jobs data in the u.s was positive um, on friday the u.s reporting season Earnings were down, I think, 3% on average, where consensus was down about 6 or 7 uh, I've been going through some of the banks uh, who have reported so far, and their, their provisions for credit losses have been reasonably less compared to what the market's been forecasting. Even though every, everyone knows net interest margins uh, have been falling, will continue to decline, and competition will intensify, we're bracing ourselves for the bad news that hasn't come yet. Will it come? Because from the Aussie Bank's point of view, there's been some upgrades to earnings, uh, maybe not price targets, but we're breathing a sigh of relief. The big ones on Monday, mm-hmm. uh, tomorrow, of course, with uh, with CBA. But I just wonder if if we are going to get that downturn in earnings. It's just later this calendar year, and what bothers me, what worries me, is the view that many economists still have that, that whether you believe interest rates have peaked or there's maybe one more rate to go in Australia or the US this view that they'll start to decline second half of this calendar year. Mm-hmm. On what basis? Not On not what just, basis? Not just decline. They've yeah. got dramatic cuts starting in Q3 yeah. and running through. So there's technically a, there's a view that you don't have a recession, but you get rate cuts down substantially through the back half of this year. Yeah, I I don't think that plays out. You, you need to have pain for the rescue package to come. You don't get the rescue package without the pain. So there's, this is where the market is, you know, market is holding up on that view. And 
feels right. I mean, it's a bit kind of counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. You need one without the other. So, yeah, I think the market at some point will have to deal with how much we're going to get, what kind of safety, what kind of pain the central banks are going to go through. And again, all of these things are unique because we're in a once in 40 year inflation cycle. So nobody really knows how that's going to play out. Well, the, the best view I heard over the weekend was a fund manager friend of mine who said, in theory, it kind of makes sense, the cash rate should be higher than the inflation rate. Yeah, it makes sense. So we're at 7% inflation. There's no way. Four, less than 4% cash, yeah, no similar way. in the US. So until those things converge, we are not going to see a rate decline. Yeah. Uh, I, I have some sympathy for you. So that, with the RBA saying 4% yeah. inflation within two years, the market's saying back to 3% below interest rates this calendar year. It's just not going to happen. Mm. All right. Well, so that's the background to uh, their thinking. So, you know, I always think it's good to get a view from our guests as to where they sit in terms of sentiment because it informs their view on these companies that are coming up and where they're willing to take risk and where they see the real reward. So let's get to a bit of a look-see what companies will be discussing. These are all picked by you. So Strandline Resources, MA Financial, Ike GPS, Viva Energy, and Wham Capital. That's in the first half of the program. So stock of the day, I decided to pick lithium. We're watching lithium shares bouncing across the board. Why? Well, potentially it's a bit of a note that comes out from Morgan Stanley today saying that lithium spot prices are bouncing. After a five month sell-off, sentiment is improving, midstream inventories have fallen, and actual supply growth has disappointed so far this year. So Morgan Stanley is sounding pretty positive when it comes to the lithium space. So that just, um, obviously Morgan Stanley is basing its view on market dynamics out there right now for lithium, but we have seen, uh, you know, the lithium names today doing particularly well. Um, If you look at Core Lithium, if you look at um, uh, Lake Resources, Liontown, IGO, Mineral Resources, a lot of these, and Pilbara. Pilbara is up by about 6% right now. So I thought just asking my guests um, whether or not they're buying lithium, and if they are buying lithium names or if they would buy lithium names, which one would they buy? And by the way, guys, you're, you're welcome to say you wouldn't be buying lithium right now as well. This wasn't a pressure situation no. where you had to pick a lithium miner, but you know, Morgan Stanley is really pointing out some market dynamics You know that, that lithium could bounce from here. Oh, look, I think it's one of those interesting ones where I always worried when a bubble has happened and you had a huge run and when it comes off, everyone's trying to pick the turn. And that's always the danger. We all know the, the positive side of lithium, the whole EV um, transition. Um, and we've seen a lot more work on sodium um, on lit- uh, batteries coming out as well. So there is competition. We've also seen EV demand not do as well as uh, what market thought. So again, there is positives and negatives playing out. And yes, lithium, especially uh, in the Chinese market, was coming off, lithium carbonate was coming off quite a bit for a long time. It's had a bounce for a week. I'm not surprised that the brokers are getting excited. You know, why would you be a broker if you're not going to get excited by a bounce? Um, and so I think that plays. If you look at how the market has played, I mean, Pilbara is one of the um, fan favorites. Um, mm-hmm. And it, you know, it's come down, its peak was 550. It's now over 450. It hasn't really had a pullback given that the, you know, lithium carbonate has been falling for what, five months? Mm-hmm. So, um, market still is in love with the, the thematic. I don't think the hot money really left. Um, they were waiting. 
the ones that are not making profit were the ones that got hit the hardest. So if you're, if you're a trader, there's a trade in it. Brokers are gonna push it, there's a bounce, everyone's gonna love it, you have a run. But you gotta be ready to get out because the steam can come off these kind of sectors pretty quickly. Um, so in that context, I wouldn't be putting a lot in it. It's a trade, not an investment. In a, yeah, and I'd put a small amount and see how that plays out. Um, and it's the ones that are loss makers that's gonna come into play because they've been beaten up the most. So you've got your CXO, um, GL1 that we were gonna talk about, all of these ones are starting to move and they've been beaten up the most. So the, your risk return is much higher there, but of course the risk is also high. Mm-hmm. So put in a little bit, see how it goes. That's how I'd approach it. I'm not looking at lithium sector um, at the moment as an investment play. Just to give the bigger picture play, BHP turned it down, and in the last month, Rio turned it down too. So that tells you the longer term dynamics. The big boys don't see uh, the supply demand working for them. But look, the market loves the turnaround story, and lithium is going to get a lot of love in the short term. Okay, so if if you were putting a trade on, you would do in some of those beat up names like Global Lithium or Core Lithium, but you're not a fan. Are you a fan? It's horses for courses. They are high risk, and and generally speaking, at the moment, I'm cautious um, if they're cash burning, cash burning stocks, because in a lot of cases, we're not there yet with the technology. We might get there. There might be something else that comes on board, but it does have a place in a more diversified portfolio. You wouldn't put 10% in it, but you know, um, from a risk return point of view, they're certainly looking a lot more attractive now than they have been in quite a while. Like Global Lithium, for example around $1.50, $1.55 last trade. Its low was a dollar, dollar one. Its high was almost $3. So it's clearly trading towards the bottom end of its range. We cover it at Shore and Partners. We've got to buy on it, so we like it as a house. Um, so I think the risk return scenario is in your favor at the moment. You don't need to own the space. Uh, there is a, a case to be made uh, for owning just cash generative safe companies at the moment. But if the market turns and runs, you could miss out on a lot of uh, a lot of alpha, so it wouldn't hurt to have some of it as well. This one in particular, I had a pretty good quarterly out um, uh, a week ago. So their um, their scoping studies coming out well. Their deposit seems to be of um, I don't never pronounce it correctly, splodumine. Um, potentially better, bigger in size and better in quality. Uh, they're still a few years away from production. In fact, their final investment decision won't be made until 2024 but that gives you the operator that leverage. So if uh, if prices do continue to rally, they do begin to produce um, greater quantity at greater price, then it heads back towards $3 or more, which, which is our price target. So uh, in a diversified portfolio at current levels, it is worth having a look at the space. It could turn as quickly, um, it could fall as quickly as it's risen. But as you said, I, I don't think, um, I think it was Morgan Stanley, that won't be the only broker pounding the table in the next two weeks. It will get some traction. So now's probably as good a time as any to be looking at the lithium space. Okay, got it. Thank you. So there you go. There's a couple of ideas in the lithium space, although I don't think it's a ringing endorsement overall, (laughs) um, you know, if we're being real about it. All right, let's get to some of these companies that have been picked by you. Uh, This one has been picked by John, and it is Strandline Resources. John says that the company already has significant production pre-sold, has a new joint venture in Tanzania, but he reckons they're flying under the market's radar. So just to be very clear, Strandline is a, 
it's a, a mining company. It's obviously operating in Africa. Um, you know, this is something that is mineral sand, so it's these critical minerals, that sort of key, uh, that key sort of thematic. Um, but it's also got some some Western Australia assets as well, Nathan. I mean, are you really familiar with this company? Oh, look, I had to look through. I've heard of it before. Um, I mean, mineral sands, the biggest player is Iluka. Um, so, you know, you just look at Iluka. Iluka management literally tells you <laughs> things are looking good or things are looking bad. And you can pretty much play the sector by that. They're actually uh, looking up okay. They're holding up. Uh, Iluka's not cheap uh, for obvious reason. The dynamics are still good. Um, there is a obvious risk with assets in Africa that you have, you have that sovereign risk built into it. Uh, but the mineral uh, sands is actually not too bad. Um, the problem where we are uh, in some of these stocks is, as Phil said before, we're in a macro environment. The biggest performing factor in the US market is profitability. It used to be value. Mm-hmm. It's not even value anymore, it's profitability. So people are looking for things that are going to be making profit and holding up. The, the cycle is worrying people. So the explorers uh, are going to uh, have a discount to the producers uh, because they're not churning out cash. And so in that context, this is a small to micro cap, so it will be under pressure. That's one problem. The other one is it's burning cash. So in this environment, that also hurts it. But it is an interesting sector. And if you're looking at it relative to Luca, I think it makes sense. Um, it, this is a sector has a has a play that still remains positive in an environment where most commodities are underperforming. So in that context, I think it's worthwhile looking. I would still say it's high risk in this uh, current macro. So you've got to be careful. I don't mind having a small position um, because I think the commodity still plays well, but not. I'm not jumping in fully because the macro is still quite negative and the risk is quite high for the size and the market. So again, similar to, uh, we were talking about lithium. Um, if you're in, into the mineral sands thematic, I would say take a small position, see how it goes because the risk return at the moment is pretty uh, hard for small micro caps and um, despite the positive macro for the commodity. Okay, so small buy, nibble? Yeah, I'd say nibble and see how it go. Again, okay. this is a place you've got to be a bit careful. Strandline resources, would you be proceeding with caution? Uh, yes, but I'd call it a buy. Sure covers mm-hmm. it. It's one of our resources team key picks. Uh, it is under the radar because it's circa 400 mil market cap. Their most recent quarterly report, they delivered their maiden positive operating cash flow. So they've sold some product, um, decent volumes, and prices are going up um, as um, as highlighted in the Luca results. So the, the, the biggest um, company in the room is putting prices up, and they are benefiting from those price increases. And they're sort of suggesting, in fact, they stated that uh, I think this March quarter was good. They should expect another positive uh, quarter in June because of the price increases because they've now just started to produce. So you know, people are often reluctant to buy a company after one positive result after numerous quarters of um, mm-hmm. cash flow going backwards. But if they can put back-to-back positive cash flow quarters um, in place, I think it'll win more friends and it'll track towards the consensus price target, which is about 80 cents. So again, it's trading closer to its 12-month lows than it is its highs. Um, it, it, it's off its lows, but it's still, according to 
consensus forecasts, which there are three analysts covering it by the looks of it, you could potentially double your money from current levels if they can continue to put these positive cash flow quarters together. Uh, you put two or three together and the stock gets a major re-rate. So it's been as high as 56 cents in the last 12 months, currently around 35 this morning. So to us, to me as a layperson looking at um, commodity companies, uh, not a bad time to be looking at this company given what their peers are saying. Prices are going up and my ex-colleague of mine used to say when the commodity price goes up, follow the, the price. share price follows. Yeah. So can't argue with that. So it's a buy, buy from me. That's interesting. I did not expect to get a buy this early in the week, this early in the program, particularly for Strandline, perhaps. All right, let's get to NA Financial Group. Uh, this one is for Benjamin. Ben, thanks for writing in. Don't forget that this is information only, not tailored to your particular circumstances. So that's the disclaimer. MA Financial, I was speaking with somebody from MA Financial last week. They've uh, made a purchase over in the States, allowing them to gain credit um, access to credit markets. It seems as if this one is putting a few feet right. Yeah, it's, it's actually in our, our fantasy portfolio. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, it's got beaten up quite a bit. Um, and it's starting to do a few interesting things. I think the, the risk return is not too bad. Um, it's in a tough sector. Obviously, anything financials at the moment, everyone's scared of. Uh, but look, I think this one is an interesting one. I think it's worthwhile. I think the, the US play adds to the growth aspect um, and you're not paying you know, massive multiples for that play at this point. Um, and so in that context, I think it's not too bad, um, again. When every you know, we I'm negative when everyone's positive, <laughs> and now everyone's negative. So uh, you, you're starting to see interesting things, and this is one where, yeah, I mean, Rudy brought this up in, in the fantasy portfolio, so I had to look through it, and it looks all right. I, I think the risk return is not too bad. Um, it's had a bit of a bounce. I'm not saying it's a roaring buy, but I think again, I'd, I'd put a bit in it, um, see how they execute. If the U.S. story plays out, I think there's a decent leg to it. Again, this one could be one of those ones where if you're willing to take the downside risk, if the market, say, pulls back, this will get hit. But if you, I don't think this is one of those ones that's going to disappear. So you can sit through it and come out on the other side. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the upside to this one. So, yeah, I mean, it's not tiny. So And it makes money. And that's always a good thing in this market. So Well, that's um, where you started out saying exactly. that profitability so This is... actually, you know, on valuation looks decent. The macro is quite negative. So I think the bad news is priced in. Um, yes, there's downside risk. I'm, I'm not saying without that. But I think the upside is worthwhile. So I'm, I'll, I'll put a buy on this one. Okay. We've got a buy. MA Financial Group. Philip? It's another buy. Wow. Uh, Gee, I wasn't expecting this. It looks cheap. Uh, Again, financials have taken a hit. This one's trading on around 10.5 times consensus PE. It's got a reasonable amount of funds under management. Last published was about $8 billion, and they had $1.5 billion in in gross flows in FY22. So it's getting the money in, and it's diversifying. It's an alternative. They call themselves alternative asset management, although they do small caps. Um, They're diversifying into credits. So... If they get it right now, is the time to buy into the asset managers when everyone's just marking to market because the market is their biggest client. As we recover, um, whether the rest of the year is choppy or not, eventually markets will grow and they'll get the economies of scale coming through. And it looks to be a reasonable investment. I mean, you know, still um, asset management's almost 80% of its EBITDA. They're, they're in credit, real estate, hospitality, uh, moving into sort of technology and um uh, and lending, 
it's not a bad time to have a look. You're not, not overpaying it, sort of 10 and a half times PE, what might ultimately become earnings that get upgraded as markets recover. Mm-hmm. So worth a look at the current share price, I think. That's a buy for MA Financial Group from both of my guests. All right, let's keep uh, powering through this to see what else might float our boats. And the next one is, I think it's IKE GPS or Ike GPS. Um, This is picked for us by Yaz. He says, I recently bought in around 80 cents, but it's been under relentless selling pressure since then. He reckons there's been a solid report. Expansion into North America is on track. Am I missing anything? Uh, Philip, I'll start with you on this one. Um, is he missing something? Do you know this company? When you look at the financials, I know um, this, when you learn. I know this sector. I had to read up on the company. It's in a fascinating space. I mean, everyone knows electricity poles. We've had them up and down our country. It's in most developed countries. We're now evolving to see what else can we stick on the electricity poles. Yeah. We've gone from pay TV to now telecommunications and other devices. So they, they sell products uh, that get put on top of these towers, these poles that people like um, telecommunication providers or um, even electricity providers can use to manage data and they charge a revenue, um, Mm -hmm. you know, a subscription fee to get the data off. So it's in a fascinating space. It is in a growth space. Um, What concerns me is small Aussie company pushing into the US. You're grinning. We've seen this so many (laughs) times. How often do they work? their latest quarterly that came out uh, seems to have disappointed consensus. Although it grew, there were consensus downgrades, mostly because the gross margin didn't hold up to expectations. So they're not getting the profit, the profitable growth. They're getting growth. They're not getting the profitable growth that consensus were forecasting. You can see we're in the quarterly or the half yearly came out. It's pretty much been sold off because nobody likes a downgrade in small caps once analysts start downgrading. that typically seems that we moved a little bit too quickly. So I'm going to call it a hold because I think we need to set, we need to see the next result. We need to see where the share price settles. Uh, it's not expensive, but it's not cheap. Interesting space, but too many Aussie companies have burned a lot of money uh, trying to expand into North America and with little to show for it. Uh, I'm going to be caution, a little cautious mm-hmm. and say just wait for the next result and see how they're traveling. And I'll, I'll call it a hold. Interesting space, so, but yeah. I'll just call it a hold. Okay, hold-in. and data we know is a mega trend. There's we just, you know, yeah. copious amounts of data being created every day, not going to slow down. Um, Nathan, you've always said never buy a company in a downgrade cycle. <laughs> is know, it as simple as that? You know me way too well. Yes, um, it's a micro cap. I mean, it's 120 mil. Um, you know, liquidity is there till it's not there. If the market has a pullback, these kind of stocks get absolutely pummeled. Uh, it's a sell. Um, you, you, this is not something that you nibble and see how it goes because um, it's it's tough. And so, look, we all get into stocks, and if it doesn't play out like what we think, then there is no shame in getting out and waiting for things to improve. So this is the kind of stocks I think once it starts to slide, it's a tech stock. It yeah. it's in a downgrade cycle. It's micro cap. It's just high risk in this market. Um, I'd be getting out and having a look uh, when it comes through the next update. I'll be waiting for the first upgrade. And it and it feels right. It's an interesting area, but we know uh, from our experience that interesting ideas don't make money. Uh, execution makes money. So till they execute, you don't need to be there. But I think it's an interesting stock. I, I didn't know the stock. And um, I look, when I read it, I like it. It's interesting, but can it actually play out? And yes, we have a shocking record going from Australia to overseas markets. So you don't need to be there funding someone else doing the trial and run. Mm-hmm. Wait for them to execute and then jump on. So 
it, it's one I would get out and then keep an eye on. If they hit the road running, happy to give another five ten percent and then chase it. Mm-hmm. But right now, it's a bit high high risk for me. Okay, got it. Thanks, guys. Let's get to Viva Energy, which is number four on the list. And this one is for, actually, I don't know who this is for. My name's missing there. But anyways, if it was for you, we'll get a view from Philip Pepe from Sean Partners. So we had pretty strong quarterly earnings coming through for Viva, but um, there will be a shutdown at a refinery, or there is, just going by memory. Um, will that be offset by sort of, you know, volumes which continue to, to grow? And that that's the key. I mean, it's on 11 times FY24P, so not expensive. Uh, their refinery margins are pretty solid. We're still to see volumes, to, I mean, this is fuel, petrol, uh, to grow in some cases to pre-GFC, uh, pre-GFC, pre-COVID COVID. levels. Yeah, God, you're taking um, us back. So many prices. <laughs> uh, I've lost track of sub- subprime, Russian bond, let's go through a bird flu. There was a war, that was done. Um, there's analysts questioning pretty solid uh, refinery margins um, at the last result that that can only go one way and that's down. I'm going to keep it simple and call this a COVID recovery stock. And until volumes, fuel, aviation fuel, domestic vehicle fuel, until we're back to pre-COVID levels, you hang on for the ride. So I'm going to call it a buy. It's not expensive. Um, the, you am going to pinch one of your phrases. The trend is your friend, I think, on this one. Uh, analysts know about the risks and maybe, maybe they'll eventually. But it seems to be delivering. And I wouldn't yet sell my winners in this market, especially if they don't look expensive for me. I would continue to what well, I would I would throw this in the COVID recovery box, um, and I would hang on for at least another twelve months, or at least another two results, mm-hmm. and see if they can hang on to their margins. Because if they can hang on to their refinery margins and um, get the volume back, and I think they just bought the Coles um, Coles Express the the fuels bit. So if they can get that integrated and working quite well, there's potentially some upside coming. So I would hang on, and I'd, I'd call this a buyer. That's a buy. I yeah. was thinking you were saying a hold. So yeah, not expensive. That's no. why you could buy it now. Yeah. Do you like it better than Ampol in the space? I like it better. I haven't looked at Ampol that closely. Okay, they, they've got the, the recent acquisition, which might give them a slight edge if they can mm-hmm. digest it. So I'd say yes, just. What do you think? Megan? Yeah, I think the, the acquisition, the M&A keeps uh, Viva in uh, investor sight. Oh, look, I've been a fan of Ampol. Um, we we've liked it my main thematic is i think eventually it'll become a logistic play because um they've got spaces in places where people can pick up something you can order online and pick up on the way home so they can convert that into a lot of lot of different things so the flexibility in them and in that model when you own the site so it's the the fact that they yeah they're they're inconvenient by their very nature locations it's a logistics play so i think over a long period my view was someone like uh, amazon just take them out because you can order things and pick it up on the way home you know but what's your basis for that i mean is this just your thinking no i think you need you need eventually we will be going i mean the trend is we are going online more and more for everything so eventually you need that logistics because otherwise you're still going to be paying a lot for transportation costs. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense to have that logistics spot. So someone who has the logistics spots already in your network, mm-hmm. like Ample, makes it a great asset for different, different businesses. Mm-hmm. So I think we are looking at it as a pure power retail, but I think it's a lot more. And I've been impressed with how they've been able to do that foodery thing which actually gets a decent crowd. And so um, I'm a fan, but valuation got expensive. Now it's coming off. 
Viva, I think the MA is keeping it. I think uh, both of them are a hold. Uh, for me, Viva is a hold. Um, I don't think you're getting it cheap. There is MA, um, people always come up with synergy, um, as my MBA um, lecturer told me a long time ago, um, mm-hmm. that only 10% of uh, 10% of the 10% companies actually deliver the synergy. So they rarely come through. Uh, everyone loves it because it has big savings coming, but it's not that easy. Um, so I think things take time. And the work from home is a huge change for the demand for petrol. I think that's dramatically weighing on it. People are driving a lot more around the suburbs, but it's not working as much as they used to. So it's an interesting one, whether the airline demand picks up, whether the work from home unwinds and people start to drive more to work and so forth. So that, those things, I think, still weigh on it. So I'm not getting excited, but, and also if you think the economy is going to slow down, people are naturally going to cut on their spending and petrol prices will be a negative play and people will travel less and you'll have less demand. Happened through previous cycles, so I don't see that being any different. So it looks cheap, but that's a worry for me when some of these stocks have had a run and it looks cheap, because that means analysts already priced in a fair amount of growth. So that's the scary part. So I would say it's a hold, it's a good solid business, but beware when the economy slows, these kind of stocks will see weaker demand. Okay. All right. So we didn't have agreement there, but hey, that's what makes a market. <laughs> Keeps us interested as well, doesn't it? All right. Stock number five is Wham Capital, picked by David. David says, do you see further upside? What do you think, Philip? Uh, for similar to the uh, similar reasons earlier, yeah, absolutely. So I'll, I'll call it a buy. You, you buy fund managers if you can pick it just as the market's about to take off. Um, now, it's a closed-end fund, as I understand it, so, you know, they raise money through uh, um, through capital raisings, not not through marketing. But it, one thing I do when you, look, when you look at a fund manager, look at the long-term performance, and that'll help you realise, can they continue to perform? Because I actually do believe past performance can be an indicator of future performance. Winners tend to know how to win uh, quite often. Um, very solid track record. Um, since inception in August 1999, they're up. Uh, 14.9% per annum versus the index of 8.3%. So for a very long time, they performed very well. Uh, I'm, I'm bullish equity markets over the longer term. I can't tell you what's happening today or what's happening this month. You might get some volatility. Um, but if you get an opportunity to buy a quality fund manager that's been performing for a long period of time, um, it's not at a discount to NTA. I think it touched NTA briefly, but if you can buy it over and pull back, I think um, investing in funds management at the moment is a good long-term buy, and this is a decent quality offering that's reasonably diversified in terms of what they hold um, beneath the surface. You're going to disagree. I'm going to be surprised if you agree. I would be very surprised. He was waiting. He was just like, wrap it up, Phil. I'm coming in. Phil's being a good broker. I've known Phil for a while. Hello to Jeff. Funds management, it's it's not the place right now. I think... Follow the money. Yeah. I mean, the inflows are not there. I mean, you look at things like Magellan, Platinum. These guys used to be... You know, market darlings have been smashed. Yeah, they're underperformers. They're getting smashed. Um, And in that context, even value funds are underperforming. And this was a value market for a couple of years. Um, So funds management is tough. It's really tough. And I don't see that getting any better because by default, you get your management fee and then you get your uh, outperformance fee. Well, outperformance fee is going to struggle. Now, management fee, the, the problem with funds management is 
the average punter does not take the money out at the top of the market. Everyone takes the money out at the bottom of the market. So when it goes bad, that's when you start to see outflows. So you have a crash, trust me, you'll see outflows. Uh, every retail advisor I've spoken to who's been through the previous crashes always tells you, everyone gets out at the bottom and they don't get back in after the market's bounced 30, 40%, they come back in, right? So in that context, I think they struggle. Funds management, I love looking at them at the moment, but I am not touching any one of them. It has nothing to do with Jeff or not. It doesn't matter which model at the moment. You stay back and watch. Even the guys who are supposed to do well haven't done well. So no need to be a hero in there right now. Look, don't touch. That's the word from Nathan. All right, let's give the guys a bit of a moment to gather their thoughts for the next five companies. Lithium. In the lithium space, look, neither of them are rushing out to gain exposure to lithium. Nathan reckons there is a trade in it, though. If he was going to do that, he would look for core lithium or GL1, which is global lithium. Um, but he's actually not looking, you know, he, he points to BHP and Rio Tinto taking a look at lithium and walking away, doing other things. And that's a uh, harbinger, I think, for Nathan. Um, look, Philip says the same thing. You have to be nimble. Like there is likely upside in some of these companies. Uh, so GL1 is what he nominated as well as his pick of the space. But again, this is not, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, guys. This is not a ringing endorsement to go out and start piling into lithium. That's it. All right. Back foot. Yeah. Strandline Resources. Now, this took me by surprise. Critical Minerals. It's one of the key picks in the space at Sean Partners. It is a buy for for Philip, and it's also a buy for Nathan. Look, he wouldn't be putting a whole bunch of money in there, but uh, you know, it's it's um, high risk, but it's got opportunity. MA Financial Group. It's a buy for both of my guests. Philip says it looks pretty cheap. You want to get into these companies ahead of a market recovery which could be on the cards. And it's a buy for Nathan. He says, look, it's got a great portfolio. You're not paying too much. So risk versus reward looks good. Keep in mind, it could pull back, but it's the timing with these types of companies that's really important. Ike GPS, it's a hold for Philip. He says it's a growth space. He's He's questioning that push into the United States. So you need to see the next results before buying. Um, Nathan just says sell. You know, there's no shame in getting things wrong. You can wait to see the turnaround in the numbers before you get back in. You might miss a little bit of the upside, but it could cost you more to remain in it. Viva Energy, it's a buy for Philip, not expensive. COVID recovery stock, it's a hold for Nathan. m is good, but he doesn't think it's super cheap. And Wham Capital, they disagreed on this one. It is a buy for Philip. He says hello to Jeff Wilson, um, but you just heard Nathan say you don't have to touch this one just now. Okay, so that's halfway and uh, looking forward to the rest of the program. But before we do that, here's a bit of an update on that fantasy portfolio you heard Nathan mention. So going into May, we took a bit off Macquarie, West Farmers Elders, but we added a bit to WiseTech. MA Financial, there you go. And our cash as well. That's an interesting one. Aspermont was replaced by Kelsian Group. So let's see how the portfolio is going up 8.6% on a cumulative return basis since its inception on March the 1st of 2022. All right, keep sending your requests in. If these guys agree, goes to the investment committee. Also, if they both say that something's a sell that's already in the fantasy portfolio, we make the guys discuss whether or not it should remain. All right, so those are the rules of the game. Let's get to the next five stocks on the list. Reliance Worldwide, 5E Advanced Materials, AACO, 
Amcor, and Ramsey Healthcare. Let's get to it with Reliance World Mind, picked by Mahal. Hope you're watching, hope you're listening, Mahal. I'll start with you, Philip Pepe, on this one. Um, interesting, uh, leverage to the States. So this is an Aussie company that actually has its management mostly based in the States. Mm. Uh, you've got housing slowdown, but it does service you know, many parts of the market. Do you like it? I like it. I like the business. I don't like the share price. I think it's fairly valued. I think the risk is to the downside. So it's in an interesting space because it basically sells plumbing products for the repair and maintenance and upgrades. So a lot of old buildings in the US rather than like Australia, yeah. we're still building new business, new buildings, new products go so into that. They, they're exposed to the uh, fix an old place and put new plumbing in it. They've got a lot of uh, decaying uh, pipes and sector over there. Um, that is less macro sensitive, but it still has some macro sensitivity. So if we get a housing downturn, uh, which is still defying gravity, um, the renovations will stop as well as the new developments. Now, uh, they will return, but that's the risk in the near term. It's trading pretty much at consensus price targets or very close to it with a small dividend yield. So it's not expensive, but it's not cheap. So, it's just, so there's no reason to rush out and buy it. it. I'm not saying you should sell it. It is a good long-term hold. But at the moment, I, I still think um, Australia and the US are kidding themselves about where interest rates are going with economists forecasting a decline. You laugh at <laughs> decline in both countries. I just don't see that happening. And then we could eventually start to see that in both housing markets, including the renovations market. So I'm cautious of space. So I'm going to call this quality stock a hold. I just wouldn't rush out and buy it um, until that plays out. Yeah. Also, you know, input costs were an yeah. issue. They've said that they could pass it along to their customers. However, you know, there is a limit to that as well, right? Yeah. Everyone says uh, it's, it's, if it only was that easy to just pass on cost. Uh, especially if there's a recession cycle playing out. Um, look, it's a it's an interesting stock, but it's it's a stock that you want to be in for the cycle, the economic cycle, and that's not positive for them. Um, interestingly, if you look at the Dow Jones Construction Index in the US, it's actually pretty close to all-time high. It's a huge bounce back because people are just priced in that rate cuts are ha like literally happening. It's pretty much there. So we've had a bit of a bounce in some of our ones. Um, I mean, James Hardy and Boral and so forth. Um, and I think Reliance Worldwide, is, it's a good business. I think just the cycle is against it. I think it's tough. Um, and for me, where the cycle is playing, if, if everything plays out like what it is, then in theory, the economy is doing quite well, which means there's no chance of rate cut. Rates are actually probably going to go higher because of inflation. So these guys will struggle. So for me, I don't think the macro plays out like what the market thinks. The risk is much higher. And so in that context, I would actually look to sell. Um, I'm, I'll be a seller on pretty much everything building related, um, especially in the US. The pricing is way too high. The Aussie ones are not as bad, but the sentiment's the same. When they get hammered, we're gonna go down. So I, I suspect the risk is much higher in Reliance Worldwide. I'd be taking the money and going somewhere else. You've done well, you've bounced off. The, I mean, if you were at the bottom, it's gone from three to four plus. So you've made 30%. Now in this market, you just target 15 to 20%. If you can make that in a stock every year, you've done really well. That's what you've got to think about. The market's probably going to do 5%, 10% per year for the next decade because of where we are in the debt cycle. So if you're making 10, 15, 20%, you're you're a Warren Buffett, enjoy it. Um, so take your money, go somewhere else. This is not the risk return you wanna play. Got it, thank you. All right, uh, let's get on to the next company on the list. This is SE Advanced Materials, picked by Dylan. 
He's wondering if it is potentially a good long-term investment. So, this is Boren Advanced Materials with a focus. It's a decarbonization play, right? I think if you just put it down that. So it's um, you know it's really tapping into the sort of EV market, the clean energy, food. Uh, you know, I don't know a lot about it. Do you? Yeah. Oh, look, five E A. I think the code. Yeah. Yep. It's a. Yeah, always gets me too. It's also uh, dual listed on the NASDAQ yes. as well. Look, the chart is horrendous, right? Uh, it's underperformed. Expectations has not delivered. Um, concepts don't make money. Well, you're an investor. You're not here to pick the next uh, technology. You're here to make money. Um, it hasn't worked. And I know a lot of thematics that has taken years and years and years and shareholders have had to pay up. Um, this is not where I'll be putting my money. I will be waiting for them if they're going to deliver. I need execution and the market to appreciate the execution. That is not happening right now. And it's a no, tough place. No, that's play. terrible. Yes. And, and I always tell you, if it's a new float and it goes down for the first six to nine months, run. Right? Yeah. And it is what's happened. And I am not jumping in till I see actual outperformance and them to execute. So it's a sell for me and go somewhere else because the thing about investing is when you get into one of these stocks and they keep sliding it's a psychological damage you you're it hurts your investment strategy you start to do stupid things so when <laughs> things go down and you it's doing what you didn't think it was going to do take your money you have to have a stop loss take your money go somewhere else have a fresh start fifth element on the periodic table boron <laughs> i'm going back to grade 10 <laughs> chemistry um, but it says on the website it can take raw material forms of ores and concentrates, but it can be further refined into higher value specialty and advanced materials. It looks sometimes, I suppose, as an investor, when you've got to read the website, do your research and still don't really get it, it's, um, it's, it's okay to walk away? D definitely agree. I mean... Are you exiting at the bottom? A um, couple of That's things. That's the that tough can, thing. Yeah. So, which is I'm I'm going to call it a hold because, yeah. but it but it could go. Well, I'm quite, I'm also going to say just by this question, yeah. the implication to me is this potentially a good long term investment. He's not in it already. Let's say yeah, Dylan's okay. not in it already. If you're not in it, I would wait. Yeah. I would wait. And the reason, two reasons why I would wait. Uh, as I understanding, there's a new CEO announcement pending. Okay. So let's wait and see who that person is. Um, that person might be well known to the market, might have a track record, might get the re-rate straight away, but might just talk a big game and deliver nothing. Um, but So when you say long term, the bit that concerns me the most, if you look at analyst forecasts, there's a $500 million capex spend within the next two years for a 200 plus mil market cap company. Where are they going to get that money from? That sort of chart, you're not going to get it through equity. And in these markets, you're not going to get it through debt. So uh, until we see who the new CEO, uh, if there's a new CEO coming, until we see who that person is and what his or her plans are, until they, uh, whoever's in charge, um, t tells the market how they intend to get that 500 mil capex uh, funding, then it's a wait and see for me. So if you're in it, I probably wouldn't sell it. If I owned it, I wouldn't sell it at these levels. So I'm going to call it a hold. But if you're thinking about buying it, let's see who the new CEO is, what he or she say, what's their track record. And what's their solution to this 500 mil capex budget um, to get the thing to work? Because if you're not getting equity at current levels, um, mm. well, potentially not getting equity covered levels. Um, so how are you going to fund it? Thank you, guys. All right. So that's SE Advanced Materials. Uh, let's get on to um, 
another company, AACO, Australian Agricultural <laughs> Company. And this is picked by Les. Why aren't you laughing? Uh, and <laughs> we have history. We, have we used okay. to work together and at one of our older shops, we well, used to cover Aussie Ag, and we used to argue over this stock all the time. Day. Ooh, I can't so wait. So who's going to go first? <laughs> Are you, so go, you, you go, go first. You're the analyst. Go. <laughs> ah, A why, why do people care about AACO? <laughs> all due respect. It, it is... It owns high-quality land, high-quality cattle, um, moves in proportion to the cattle price in general. Cattle price has fallen off its $12 per kilo highs down to about 7 bucks. It rarely produces a cash flow. So you do not buy this company for earning, for cash flow. You just don't. It, you get the reval. It's trading, I think, well below net asset value. Um, you can plot, I'm guessing if you plot the share, share price chart versus the Eki, you'll see the same volatility. What fascinates me, it's got not one, but two billionaires on the register. Two. You've got Joe Lewis out of the fighting out of the UK, who his entities own about 51%. And you've got Tatarang through Andrew Forrest, who own 18.5%. So two people own 70% of this company. Why? Because they want the land. Yeah. Right? So... Uh, I believe the major shareholder is based out of the UK. I don't think they're going to get firm approval if their plan is to take over a lot of Australian valuable bushland. I just can't see that happening. But they've got a plucking stake, so Twiggy ain't going to buy it either, but he's sitting there with 20%. So what are they fighting over? Um, so you, if you assume status quo, it's not a company you need to own. And if the Eki keeps falling as cattle, um, more cattle gets restocked, there's been a bit of rain around, it'll trend downwards with the cattle price. So it's a whole slash sell. I'm fascinated that two people own 70%. Will they soak it up? But why do people care about this stock? Um, I'm going to call it a hold, but it's just fun to watch. It is a lot better than what it used to be. I mean, they used to lose cattle. Sure, yeah. <laughs> They used to lose cattle. They couldn't tell you how many cattle they had because they (laughs) did Well, it's a big land. Okay. We lost lost some. So he's super negative. Are you as negative? Uh, Look, uh, look, I like the the food thematic. Uh, I think it's great. But this is not, this is high end and they're playing that. And I I think there's limited upside in what they can do. And they're basically playing the, uh, when the prices come off, they come off as well. Um, and I don't think the management track record over multiple years is crash hot. Uh, so the risk is high in these kind of stocks. You're there when it's completely belted and nobody wants to touch. That's the time you want to buy it. So I'm looking at a few food stocks that are in that category. Uh, but this is not up there. Everyone knows uh, you know, the beef prices and everyone's on that thematic. Everyone's had a good run. I mean, that 240 was insane. Um, we were looking at it a dollar going, ah, this looks cheap. And then it went, bang. And so $2 looked expensive and then it went to 240 And of course, everyone who went in then is now losing money. Uh, so it is one of those ones where you've got to be careful. I'm not jumping into Aussie Ag. Uh, I've got much better food plays that like I think what? worthwhile. Look, I still like Elders. Um, it's a much more diversified, much better business model. And you're getting a much lower multiple. And, and I think it'll be around a lot longer than most of the other ones. So that's a standard mm. play. Um, actually, one that I'm looking at, oh, no, I don't want to say it now, because uh, I want to see how that plays out. Uh, but look, we've played through a number of them. We know we've, we were in t- Tassel, got taken over. We played. Uh, the one I, I was going to mention was Select Harvest. I am keeping an eye on Select Ooh, Harvest. Oh, really? Yeah, I know. It looks ugly. It's been melted. Are you nuts? Yeah. <laughs> Get some nuts. Um, I, I am a fan of almonds. 
It's an interesting one. Um, I'm a fan of almonds. Yeah. I don't know if I... <laughs> it is an interesting one because of where it is. Now, the problem is California's supply is doing yeah. quite well. So you want to wait for a supply side issue and that's where the upside is. But the interesting part about food thematic right now is, and just as you're saying how people who are overseas were looking, everyone, because of the weather risk and what supply side risk with weather happening around the world, they are looking to have supply in the US, Europe, or Africa, and in Australia. They want to have supply all over the world because at any given time, one or two areas might get hit by weather risk or some other uh, sovereign risk, and then you still need to keep the supply going. So that's why I think that the agri space in Australia is in huge demand. Any land that comes to, there is amount of people, not just not locally, globally are trying to buy. So that holds it and I think supports it. Aussie Ag is a mess, but it's an interesting mess that's going to be there's some big players. They probably will get taken out because management's not going to do anything. Uh, so net, net, I, I'm not jumping into that one, but I am keeping an eye on some of the beaten up ones. Select Harvest is on my sides and I'm keeping an eye on it. When dynamic changes, I want to jump in. But yeah, look, at the moment in the food thematic, we're playing it through Instinct Pivot and Elders. Mm -hmm. Both of them are unique. Uh, one is local, one's global. So um, I'm playing the service providers, but I like the sector. I actually think over the next couple of years, the food thematic becomes even bigger play. Mm -hmm. And I think these stocks will re-rate higher. Okay, I would love to ask you a follow-up, Phil, but I won't because I'd like to get to Amcor number nine on the list because I have a bit of passion coming from Nathan on that one. Are you passionate about Amcor? Updated the market last week. Last week. Yeah, look, this was a defensive. Everyone had it as a defensive. Yeah. We sold it. And I had, you know, I'm, you know. You're happy? I'm very happy. We <laughs> sold at the top. Um, multiple was too high. Inflation was going to hit. Um, you know, these you've got to be careful. Um, Amco's come off. It's a really good business, but the macro is against it. So, I, you know, it's one where I go, oh, now you're starting to see interesting. I'm not jumping in now. I'm waiting for that cycle to play out. And I think probably more downgrades to come because the it's not the first downgrade. Um, so you just sit back and wait for the first upgrade. When Amco delivers the first upgrade, throw the kitchen sink at it. Right now, you sit back and watch. You don't need to be a hero in Amco. Okay. What do you think? Look, I, I agree. I'm going to call it a hold. Uh, that was a big downgrade that yeah. shocked yeah. a lot of people. It shouldn't have. <laughs> exactly. Retailers have been telling us <laughs> we are going to hold less inventory now that we're past COVID and supply chains been moving. So demand for Amcor products had fallen. Yeah. Retailers were telling us this. Um, so it surprised a lot of people. So you saw a lot of selling, not mm -hmm. many buyers. Um, I would wait to see where things normalize. You might need to wait six months until we get a clean print. Um, it, it's trading here, it's uh, 12 month lows. It does look cheap, um, but you might get another earnings downgrade if analysts didn't downgrade enough or have the recovery bouncing back um, too quickly. So I'm gonna call it watch and see. It's a good company, you should watch it. Um, but I'm just call it wait and see. So I'll call it a hold because that was a big downgrade and yeah. stocks tend not to rebound uh, no. uh, in a hurry after that, that big disappointment. Okay, we are already at the lucky last on our list, number 10. We're in the big end of town. Ramsey Health. Okay, guys, if you're talking defensive, um, you're talking cycles, are you smiling because you yeah. like Ramsey? No. No? Uh -huh. no. Um, Ramsey is really apply on property. That's pretty much it. Uh, everyone's getting gets excited because Ramsey might get taken over and split out the property. Mm -hmm. That's your big upside. The risk is every government uh, budget has one massive cost play, health. 
and it's a fight between hospitals and insurers and the governments are trying to get themselves out of it and pay less so it's not a win-win um, i think it's a tough play i don't see a huge amount of growth it's defensive um, cost pressures i suppose as well exactly and wages are going up all of this will play out for them so it's a tough play um, we like healthcare sector because it tends to be defensive uh, but ramsey is not as defensive as what people think um, and so the one that we've actually backed is sonic um, it's boring but it's it basically puts more stuff through the operations and keeps their margins going so i think sonic's made a good acquisition um, it's holding up quite well i'm more than happy to back sonic in the current play than ramsey everyone knows that property is the play for ramsey so i don't see the upside the other one to keep an eye on in that healthcare sector is uh, Ansel. It's not really healthcare, it's more health and safety. So if when when the PMI cycle picks up for manufacturing globally, Ansel will do well. So we're playing the healthcare sector exposure. We, well, everyone's got CSL, right? That's the best growth stock under the market. And it's a, it's a Stevie Wonder pick. Now, mm-hmm. outside that, I think Sonic Healthcare and Ansel look a much better play. Okay, interesting, because Scott is who nominated uh, Ramsey. And sorry, that wasn't, it was actually... Ray, who is saying that he wants a good healthcare stock to add to the portfolio. So is it good value now to buy for the long term? It's fair value. It's I wouldn't I mean if you see the chart, it's close to analysts forecast. Maybe there's still five to ten percent upside in it. In this market, that's not enough. So I'd almost I'd call it a fair value defensive stock. Um, all those issues are valid. Shortage of nurses globally and they're costing more. So cost pressures um, definitely coming through. Yeah, paid by governments in a lot of cases. Governments are under pressure to, you know, repay back all the money they've spent during COVID to, to, to keep us all um, thriving. Um, it's not a must own, but I, I don't see any material profit warning coming um, in the near term. So you don't need to rush out and sell it. So I'm going to call it a genuine hold. It's an appropriately priced defensive. If you get a market downturn, uh, it should hold up okay. Um, I wouldn't buy it at these prices. It's not a lot. Like, it's, not, I mean, I, it's not going to surprise you on the upside. Yeah. So that's why it's kind of not worth it. And the dividend yield is non-existent, 1.6%. It's, yeah. it's just it's, waiting for private equity to buy it. Yeah. That's pretty much yeah. basically. Yeah. All right, guys, that was good. Uh, Let me just run us through what we've learned in this second half of the program. So risk to the downside for uh, Reliance Worldwide and Philips View, it's a hold for him. It's a sell though for Nathan. He just doesn't think it's the right time in the cycle for anything building related, particularly in the United States. SE Advanced Materials, it's a sell. For Nathan, it needs to execute. That's just too early stage. Um, look, if you're not in it, Philip would wait. If you're in it, just hold. You've taken the pain so far. AA Co., that was a fun conversation. Philip just doesn't know why people care. It's a hold to a sell. You heard the reasons why. Um, look, Nathan has given us a couple of bonus buys in the ag space at Elders. Look, select harvest. He didn't want to give it away, but he did. He's just not jumping into some of these themes just yet, so particularly when it comes to AA Co. Amcor, it's a hold for both of my guests. Yeah, that was a shocking downgrade that came through last week, but uh, should have seen it coming. Nathan's the cat that got the canary because he sold at the highs, um, but right now both would just hold it, watch and wait. 
and uh, go from there. And then Ramsey Health. Uh, Sonic is what uh, Nathan would prefer in the healthcare space. He says, Ramsey, not as defensive as you might think it is. But um, Philip says, look, it's fair value. It is a defensive play. You're not going to have huge downside. He would be holding it if you're already in it. Okay, so that is where we find ourselves just ahead of 1 p.m. here in Sydney. Guys, thank you, Philip Pepe, Sean Partners, Nathan Somersandaram from Deep Data Analytics. I'm very glad that we brought you two <laughs> ex-colleagues together again. We should do it soon. All right, thank you for watching, for listening, for sending your requests here. Don't go anywhere. We'll take you through the pulse next.